Emergency medicine is advancing very quickly. Lots of research going on, and we're going to talk about some of that today. Welcome to the GW HealthCast. I'm Dr. Mike Smith, and today's topic, emergency care innovations. My guest is Andrew Meltzer. Dr. Meltzer is Associate Professor of Emergency Medicine at the George Washington School of Medicine and Health Sciences and is affiliated with the George Washington University Hospital. Dr. Meltzer, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. So, you know, before we get into the innovations, I want to I want to talk a little bit about emergency medicine and, and a common question that I, I get from uh, family members and friends. You know, what when do I need to go to the emergency room versus urgency care? Can you clear that up a little bit for us? Yeah, I mean, I don't know if I can clear it up, but I can sort of tell you our thought process. And, you know, I mean, essentially, it's really hard to tell. Um, I think if you're worried about a life-threatening condition or if you have pain or feel like you need rapid diagnostic tests, then there's really no substitute for the emergency department. This is where acute, unscheduled care is provided. And that's not to say everybody who comes through our door is dying or everybody has a life-threatening disease, but almost everybody, and I'll put that at 85, 90% is somewhat concerned that that is what's going on, that they have something that, uh, you know, could hurt them or kill them. And if they have to wait to schedule an appointment or have to wait to, you know, go through some process that they maybe don't understand of how to see a doctor, um, you know, this could be, you know, dangerous to them. So we're the only place, you know, in the whole medical system where the front door never locks. So we're always open and people can come anytime. And we have the privilege to take care of people 24-7. So I had a friend of mine that went to the emergency room about uh, maybe a couple of weeks ago, and um, I, not important why, why she went, but uh, she went and she she was there for a while waiting in the waiting room. She calls me and she's upset. She's wondering why she has to wait so long. And some people are, you know, rushed right back to the back. And I had to explain her why. Could you let the audience know why some people wait a little longer and why some people are seen more quickly? Yeah, well, ideally, nobody waits. And as soon as you sort of get checked in, you get seen by that front nurse and they do your vitals and take your complaint, ideally, there's a place to put the patient and uh, be evaluated by the physician. Um, In reality, that does not happen throughout the day. Um, We have surges throughout the day, uh, typically uh, it depends on the ER, but typically in the evenings, weekdays, especially at our ER, the, the place fills up and the, the beds are filled and uh, we go through sort of a triage process up front. So the nurses who are sort of our specially trained triage nurses up front are supposed to evaluate the patient quickly and make a decision if this person needs to be seen right away or if this person can potentially wait for the bed to open. So it doesn't necessarily come as first come, first serve once the beds are filled. It it comes basically as, um, you know, what we think is the most serious, the most life-threatening, or potentially the person who's most discomfort gets seen first. And um, a lot of times other patients, unfortunately, uh, depending on the day and depending on the ER, will have to wait. So I wish it wasn't that case, but uh, that's just, just the way it is. When you do go to like an urgent care or your primary care, it is first come, first serve, because the idea is that most of the complaints are pretty much the right. same and that right. everybody, uh, you know, could wait and it's not going to, you know, be life-threatening if they had to. So, Dr. Meltzer, as an emergency room physician, tell us a little bit about the training that you went through. Yeah, uh, the training, I mean, I'm now over 10 years out, but the the training really hasn't changed a whole lot. Um, 
when emergency medicine sort of first came into being as its own specialty, that was probably in the early 80s, so almost 40 years ago. And um, before that, it was sort of general doctors or maybe moonlighting surgeons or moonlighting internal medicine doctors would would staff the emergency department. Often it was trainees, and uh, there wasn't any specialized training for emergency department uh, doctors, and some of them got good at it, and some of them um, really uh, didn't know exactly what the mission of the emergency department is. So our training is a really broad-based training. We're, we're basically being taught to take care of all sorts of conditions that are time-dependent and life-threatening. So whether it's a uh, pediatric patient, whether it's an overdose, whether it's a trauma, whether it's an OB patient, you know, GYN complaints, neurological complaints, ear, nose, and throat complaints, all of those things, we are experts at sort of that first hour of that subset of conditions that are the life-threatening conditions. And I think ER doctors really play not to lose. So we play to pick up on all the serious life-threatening diseases, and we may not always get the diagnosis perfectly right, but I think we rarely miss the serious diagnosis, the ones that um, will kill you or are potentially life-threatening or limb-threatening. So, Dr. Meltzer, I know that you are um, interested in a few research uh, aspects of emergency care, and I know that, of course, a lot of the innovations come initially from that research of emergency room physicians. So tell us a little bit about what are some of the innovations that you've seen, what are some of the things that you're researching uh, that's taking emergency care to just another level? Yeah, I think... I mean, I'm an associate professor and academic, so I spend about half my time at the university at GW working with students and residents and researchers across the university. And then the other half, I work clinically. So the, the research that I do, at least the way I try to focus it is, what can we do to sort of speed up the diagnosis of acute uh, diseases, that the diseases that we really can't wait for? And so a lot of our, our conditions that we see, you know, we can't figure it out in the emergency department. So sometimes we have to bring them into the hospital. Sometimes there's a series of tests. Sometimes they'll be pretty invasive. Sometimes they require extra specialty training to figure out what's going on. So the things that I try to do are how can we bring that stuff to the ER? How can we bring it into that first hour, two hours, three hours where we can really figure out what's going on? So I'll give you an example. One of the research topics that I work on is patients who come in with an upper GI bleed. So those are patients that most likely have, let's say, a bleeding stomach ulcer. And they come in and maybe they have weakness, maybe they've vomited some blood, or maybe there's blood in their stool, maybe they just have severe belly pain. And we don't have a great way to look inside the stomach in the ER and sort of see what's going on with that person who's bleeding. So the typical patient who comes in with that kind of condition is going to need to come into the hospital, going to need to be put to sleep, going to need to have an anesthesiologist and a gastroenterologist come in from home, and uh, they'll put a tube down their mouth and take a look inside the stomach. And that can't be done right away. It's just not logistically possible. So we've worked on ways to how can we expedite that diagnostic workup and what technologies out there that maybe we can use to figure out what's going on in, in the ER to either send patients home if they're not that sick or speed up care if they are sick. So mm -hmm. one of the things we're using is something called a video capsule endoscopy. So basically we use a product that is a, a looks like a like a pharmaceutical pill, but it's got lights on either end, it's got a camera, it's got a radio transmitter, 
and the patient swallows the camera, and um, it takes pictures as it goes down, and we set up the monitor right at the bedside, that we can sort of do real-time evaluation of what's going on with that person who maybe has a serious bleed or maybe has a benign bleed and uh, really doesn't need further invasive workup. So that's one way I think that we can bring sort of rapid diagnosis to the emergency department. Yeah, and that's very interesting, right? So in a sense, if I could summarize for the for the audience here, uh, in some cases, maybe using the, the, the bleeding um, ulcer or, or a GI bleed as the example, um, you, you may know the patient's bleeding from somewhere. You can get them stabilized, but at some point, a further workup is needed. What you're saying is you're trying to bring some of that technology into the ER where you can find some of those answers up front as they are being admitted, or maybe they don't even need to be admitted. So it's saving time, it's saving money even possibly, and of course saving more lives because of the quick diagnosis. Does that kind of sum up what that innovation brings? Yeah, I think so. It's more of a rapid risk stratification of what's going on. It's more accurate. It makes it so we can better tell patients that this is something that's real serious and you need to come to the hospital, or this is something that's not right. that serious and you can go home. Right, right. Now, now, Dr. Meltzer, when you talk about a pill with a camera that could look at um, a patient's bowels, you know, many of my listeners are thinking right now, well, maybe I don't need the colonoscopy. Can I just take this pill? Or is it really just for emergency care? No, it's being studied in a variety of conditions. There is an FDA approval for a vari- uh, type of this pill as an alternative to a colonoscopy. I think most gastroenterologists don't recommend that, but um, it is still an, an option for some people mm-hmm. if they don't want yeah. to uh, be put to sleep or have the more invasive colonoscopy. So that's something that people can do, but that's not typically like the, the standard colonoscopy cancer screening, which you get when you're 50 or right, right. 45, yeah. is not something that we typically do in the emergency department, but evaluating somebody who might have, let's say, bleeding from that cancer is something we would do. Right. So, Dr. Meltzer, you know, just in in summary, I I know the work that you do is fascinating. Um, Obviously, emergency room departments across the nation really do save lots of lives. What, What would you like the audience to know, in summary, about emergency care? I think I would like people to know that we are there as a safety net, but we are there as a resource, and we are always open, and we don't feel like patients who come in and don't have a life-threatening condition are wasting our time. We feel like that's our job to rule out those life-threatening conditions, and we know that we're not treating diseases. We are treating symptoms, so if you have chest pain, we are treating chest pain. We're not necessarily treating the heart attack. We're treating the symptom that you feel, and uh, we're trying to determine if that chest pain is a heart attack, or maybe it's something more benign. Maybe you strained your muscle lifting weights. Yeah, so that's really fascinating work that you're doing. Dr. Meltzer, I want to thank you for all that work and coming on the show today. You're listening to the GW HealthCast. Please visit gwdocs.com to get connected with Dr. Meltzer or another provider, or you can call 1-888-4GW-DOCS to schedule an in-person or virtual appointment. I'm Dr. Mike Smith. Thanks for listening.